All right, going to get into a story now about a town in Ontario that you might only recently be hearing about because it's because of its coverage in the news. It's called Norwich, and it's a town that is run by a, by a very powerful and influential church to the point that no businesses even operate on Sundays. Most of the residents follow the doctrines of the church, but a war has broken out between some people on a crusade to end the power of that church's influence in that community and try to uh, create maybe a more progressive and open-minded mindset that goes against the grain of the church's teachings. We're going to get into it right now with National Enterprise reporter who covered this story extensively, Ashley Stewart. Ashley, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. So, Ashley, I'm curious, what made you want to dive into this story? How did you discover this town in Ontario and want to do an investigation on it? was in the news a few weeks ago, maybe two uh, two months ago, when they uh, actually introduced a uh, a bylaw that meant that pride flags uh, could no longer be flown in the town, and that seemed kind of outrageous in this day and age. Um, so I wanted, I, I figured there was something else behind it, and lo and behold, there very much was. So, so yes, there is. Uh, you wrote a great piece for Global News. It's titled "Inside Norwich and Ontario." town at war with a church controlling its citizens. So let's talk a little bit about this church and the relationship that it has with the townspeople. Yeah, it's obviously quite complicated. I mean, uh, Norwich and a lot of the surrounding towns in uh, kind of southwest Ontario, it's home to a lot of uh, Dutch immigrants, and a lot of those Dutch immigrants are followers of the Netherlands Reformed Congregation. So this church has been there for a very long time. It was one of the first ones to um, open in Canada, the the one in Norwich. So it's really well established and really well ingrained in the community. And they have historically had a very tight hold over the rest of the community. There was, I mean, I found a newspaper clipping from 1975 back when the Lord's Day Act was still obviously in, um, in, it still existed in Canada, but a lot of the other towns around it were passing bylaws to, to make, uh, to basically make it obsolete because obviously the Lord's Day Act prohibited shopping on Sunday. Everyone else was going around it, kind of coming into the real world, and Norwich was like, no, we must keep it as, you know, it's, it's the day of rest, so mm-hmm. we must kind of observe that for as long as possible, and it just seems like we're, we're kind of still stuck in 1975 out there. Yeah, it, it seems that way in the way that you've covered it in this article. How many people, how many townspeople are members of this church? Because it feels like the predominant number of people that live there are followers. It's actually not, which is surprising because the the influence it has is surprising because I think if you look at the census data, the amount of people who say that they are uh, reformed or Netherlands reformed is only about 2,000 to 2,500 people. So it's only about one-fifth of the population, yet they obviously have this kind of outsized influence, which is very surprising. So talk a little bit about what it is that you've covered in your research, that there are some people, some townspeople that aren't part of the church that are really at at odds, you title it as at war with the church and and their influence. What is the 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 main issue there? I think I mean it boils down to 
people not being able to, uh, I guess, operate the way that they could in the rest of Canada, you know? So mm-hmm. the gay community feels very unwelcome and very unsafe because they are, well, they are kind of like shunned, you know? They're not, they're not welcomed into the community because the church sees homosexuality as a sin. Um, so that goes, that extends to pride flags. If anyone, like, um, private houses are allowed to display pride, uh, pride flags, even if municipality has outlawed it. But there is this war that's like kind of come about this year where uh, followers of the church and things like that are going around and stealing the pride flags from outside people's houses and and burning them. They're hiding them. They, it, it's, it's kind of rampant at the moment. So there's that. There's also people who are really sick of not being able to go to the supermarket on a Sunday or go to the pharmacy on a Sunday. And, I mean, it's gotten to the extent where people have said that they are, like, asked not to mow their lawns on a Sunday or play with their children and, and things like that. So it's it's very pervasive, kind of everywhere. How much influence, then, does, does the church have on store owners and on um, lawmakers when it comes to what's actually allowed? Uh, couldn't some stores just open up on a Sunday? Well, historically, what, what the store owners say, the ones that did... Um, did confirm this when a lot of people wouldn't because they're afraid of backlash from the Dutch community. So apparently what the NRC members, the church members would say when they visited business owners telling them that they needed to close on a Sunday, they would say, or else we'll boycott uh, your business and none of our members will will come there. And I think even though it is only like one-fifth of the population, that's quite a sizable part of the township. So people are scared that they'll lose business if they don't uh, close on a Sunday. There, there just seems to be this kind of intrinsic fear there. But at the same time, I think a lot of these threats happened decades ago because a lot of people, I mean, I tried dozens and dozens of businesses and not one of them would, would confirm that this is still happening. So mm. it's hard to, to know if it's kind of urban legend and it's kind of just become uh, an unofficial law, even though it's not happening anymore, or if it actually is, and people are just too scared to talk about it. The amount of control and influence, though, uh, that they're able to have on this community is really interesting. As you mentioned yourself, Ashley, in this day and age, uh, where there is a bit more of a, a progressive mindset, you know, at least in the sense of running a business on a Sunday, just that fact alone is something that I think has become so normalized in the last several decades. Uh, there's more to get into when it comes to this town. Norwich in Ontario, uh, a town that's at war with a church that's controlling its citizens. National Enterprise reporter for Global News, Ashley Stewart, is the one joining us right now who wrote a great article on this town and everything that she discovered when researching it. Ashley, we have to take a very short break, but I do want to get into a little bit more with you. We'll be right back in three minutes. We're talking with National Enterprise reporter for Global News, Ashley Stewart, about Norwich, Ontario, a town at war with a church that's controlling its citizens. Ashley, thank you so much for staying around on hold. Really appreciate your time today. Of course, no worries. So as I mentioned, you've done this investigative piece looking at Norwich, this town in Ontario, uh, talking about the Netherlands Reformed Church and the influence that it has on this community, on the townspeople of Norwich. It's a, it's quite a wealthy operation. It's not just the church. They do own a few other properties and assets in this community. So the influence is pretty large here, Ashley, isn't it? 
They do, yeah. I mean, it's a big operation. Obviously, they um, they not only have the church, they also operate a, uh, a school as well as rental units. They operate a um, an elderly care home. And all of that adds up to about $22 million in, in assets. They're making millions per year. They're sending a lot of money to the U.S. They make donations around the community. And I guess it's kind of a way to extend that influence. So the the issue now is really with any residents that don't want to abide by the same doctrines of the church, opening or running a business on a Sunday, for example, or putting up a pride flag and expressing outward support for the LGBTQ2 plus community. So talk a little bit about what that war, uh, as as we're, you're suggesting that it is, is between the church and between anyone who wants to support the LGBTQ2 plus community. As I say, it's kind of, uh, it's almost like a cold war. It's like a propaganda war in some ways. I mean, the church members are stealing pride flags from outside private homes. Um, People, the gay community say that they're being accosted in the street, being told that, um, I mean, I spoke to one realtor who is gay, and he kind of said that he was told that his house listings would be selling if he was straight and things like that. Um, It's kind of, it's, it's just erupted and I mean people are really <laughs> there's no chill anymore so there's topless protesters at ch- outside um, the church every every Sunday now draped in pride flags people have obviously just had enough because this has gone on for years like there has been a quiet contempt for the for the um, gay community and things like that but this year it's all really coming to the forefront. Yeah it seems that it's definitely uh, it's come to a head to a head in a way that's become very contentious. What are you or what are you hoping to highlight with this uh, with this piece on this town? Are there other operations that work like this in other communities? I believe that there are, but I don't think that it happens to the extent that it happens in Norwich. I think um, a lot of small uh, rural Ontario southwest communities have got the influence of the, the Netherlands Reformed Church. It's just not as deeply ingrained and pervasive as it is in Norwich. So I think I, I think it's just incredible that this kind of place, I mean, it was incredible to me anyway, that this kind of place is, exists in 2023 when, I don't know, you drive two hours away and it's Pride Weekend in Toronto and, you know, it's just like big and everywhere and a massive celebration and then two hours um, away you've got a town who just has absolutely no no willingness to partake in that. For the the members of the town that aren't part of the church, and especially for those that do feel like they're being targeted, um, what do they do? They feel in any way protected by law enforcement? Um, I think that's a complicated question. I think some of them do, and the police have certainly been called to several um, instances where pride flags have been stolen or vandalized or whatever it is. I think there is concern that the um, church has uh, influence everywhere, and that includes in on the police services board, for example, and with the OPP. I think there are connections kind of everywhere, whether it's like a, a cousin's of a, a sister's cousin or whatever is uh, who works for the OPP 
or whatever. So I think people are just concerned that this influence is kind of it's on the council, it's on the Chamber of Commerce, it's it's in the police. So there's this kind of paranoia and feeling of unsafe everywhere. Uh, it's fascinating to to really dive into this article and to and to try to imagine what it must be like living there. Um, you know, but of course the the safety of being far away from it is one thing. And then you think about what it must be like to live in a situation like this where the tension is so high and the emotions are so passionate. What do members of the church say when you speak to them about their their attitudes towards uh, anyone that's not part of their organization? Unfortunately, uh, the church were not uh, keen to talk. Um, the minister did not reply. Uh, the councillor, John Sholton, who is a member of the, the church who also proposed the pride flag ban bylaw, also did not respond to comments. Uh, to request for comments, sorry. And then we kind of just had to speak to a local business owner who also attends the church. He basically said he can't speak for everyone. He knows that there are people who go around and speak to businesses and ask them to close, but he has he doesn't know of anyone specifically. And he also knows that there are people who go around and tell people not to mow their lawns on a Sunday and things like that, but says it's not church policy. Mm. So his kind of explanation is that there are radicals on both sides. Um, and, you know, like he can't speak for everyone. Ashley, what's uh, what's next for you in terms of what it is that you're going to investigate or work on? Is it more in this area? I mean, I'm, I'm very interested to see, to, to kind of watch what happens. I mean, Pride, Pride Month is about to be over, and I wonder if this is going to die down a yeah. little bit. Um, it really depends, but I think we kind of need to keep our eyes on this because it's, it, it's something that flares up every year, but I don't know. It just can't keep going on that way, I don't think. I think with with this kind of en- enough is enough attitude, I think things are going to like come to a head probably even more. Yeah, in what could be a, a violent or a, or a dangerous way. Ashley, thank you so much for your great work on this and for your time this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your interest. Of course. Take care. That's Ashley Stewart, a national enterprise reporter for Global News, uh, wrote an article about this town in Ontario. The article is called Inside Norwich, an Ontario town at war with a church controlling its citizens. If you want to check it out, uh, it's a great read with a lot of information.